Hello, and welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time experiencing all these episodes. And today we are reviewing season one, episode 21, Justice is Served. Original air date is April 26, 2001. Director is Thomas J. Wright. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker and Jerry Stahl. And... Surprise, surprise, we start the episode with shots of the Vegas Strip, but then we go to like a street, which we assume is in Vegas, and then to a man running. So yeah. what is what is the Vegas score for for this Did, episode? I'm I, curious. I do not think I counted the street because I have okay, that's nine, nine seconds, two shots. Okay. I think we had two shots of the Strip and then we had the house and the house yep. was just not, or if I did, I, that shot was pretty quick in of itself. It was quick, yeah. So we end up with a two other score. Okay. I okay. thought it was going to be a one, actually. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And a one is almost impossible. <laughs> I think Unless we had a zero like... and not had a one. Yeah, because it's it's because it's, a one would have to be like a shot of Vegas, but a very short shot of Vegas. Yeah, it's like four. And seconds that seems or less. less likely than them just being like, "We're not going to show anything of Vegas." Yeah. yeah, it has to be like four, four or five seconds or less or something, mm. or yeah, it gets yeah. to be. Uh, too too many uh too many points yeah no that makes sense so we see Uh, a man running and he hears a growling which i will say i only know because these i watch i watch these episodes with subtitles and it said like growling and i was like i don't hear that watching this show so i feel like i maybe i don't i don't have the best hearing so this could just be me i can't remember if i'm projecting that because because then there is an intense growl Yes. So I guess maybe I'm just projecting that and remembering. Yeah. And then he is attacked by an animal. Like we hear like a, like an intense growl and like an animal attack him. Yeah. It is then nighttime. So he's running. This gentleman was running during the day. It is dusk, now nighttime. Clearly. He was clearly yeah. jogging at dusk after work. I don't think he was. It looked like it was like in the middle of the day. <laughs> There's some weird lines that don't track in this episode. So one of those is that. So I it is now the, nighttime. Um, cats are crepuscule or whatever they call it, where they hunt in dawn and dusk. And they, oh, it's I can't just remember really what well that lit. Verb, yeah, you might be right. If, I can't remember that. I know there is a word for, yeah, yeah. Like, for it's, that It's called like crepuscule but, or something. I'm just yeah. getting the pronunciation wrong, but yeah. it's, it's along those lines. So yeah, you just assume it was at dusk and then the sun was setting by the time the cops got there. Because yeah, yeah. I know if I was going to kill somebody, I wouldn't want to do it in broad daylight. In the middle of the day <laughs> on a, what seemed like you know, probably a like I mean it's a paved trail or like it's a it's yeah. a well used trail. So it's not like he's in the middle of the woods, like yeah. away from the general populace. This seems to be like a very common place to be running and out and about, but you know, it's a dog. It doesn't think that that far in advance. So we have Grissom, Nick and Warwick arrive on scene. We quickly learn that it seems that the victim was attacked. Like they're kind of like down this little slope. And so we quickly quickly learn that it seems like the victim was attacked above and then dragged down into the area where they found him. Warwick thinks a mountain lion got him. Yeah, I and... wrote Puma attack in my notes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So Warwick is like mountain lion and Grissom is like, only if it knows how to use a scalpel, because evidently there's scalpel marks on this uh, I, on this victim. At that point... I was so confused. I didn't understand why he said that. 
And then like in the next scene, it's not helped because they don't bring it up again right away. No, it takes a little while for them to come to, to loop back around to that one for I was sure. Like, Scalpel, what what does he mean? Like, so is it sharp does he mean his claws are really sharp or something? Yeah, no, no. Because you could see like the neck. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so also yeah. they definitely showed us a toothed animal lunging at him. Yes. yes. And I was like, the are we doing this thing where we lie? Like, are we doing the thing where we lie to the audience again? Yeah, are we like, just put it just like straight out lying to the audience to lead them down the wrong way? That didn't last long, but it was kind of funny. No, no, no. So we pop on over credits. After credits, we see Grissom in the hallway. He walks into Catherine. Catherine lets him know that she's taking the carnival case. And Grissom is like did you just like go through my paperwork? And she's like, Oh, did I overstep? Honestly, she probably did overstep in like a normal workplace, but we know how incompetent Grissom is as a boss. So do I blame Catherine for like going in there and finding her own case and making decisions? Not really. Like, no, he wasn't even there. He, he wasn't was even there the to give out cases. Yeah. So we, so Grissom tells her to take Sarah and he, she lets him know don't worry, like she's already going to meet me there. So like she's already a step ahead and has asked Sarah to meet her at the crime scene. And I will, I don't know if I'm wrong or not, but I feel like this is the one of the first times, if not the first time that just Catherine and Sarah have been paired together. Oh, maybe. I have spent some time ruminating on who have I seen and not seen together. Yeah, I feel like- But there's been a lot of like three people scenes. Yes. This is a surprising number of of those. And then- I know Sarah's been off on her own at least twice, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I feel like this might be the first time we have just Catherine and Sarah together, which I like. Like, I again, we've we've talked about this in earlier episodes. We we like when they kind of change up who's with who yeah. as far as working cases go. So if that's true, I enjoy this. So, I do. Uh, I think that this is where this came from. But I wrote down a note about what's with the anti-carnival sentiment <laughs> sentiment. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These people come into town, they commit crimes, and they move on out. I was like, okay, let's not just categorize an entire group of people. I, I, I have heard this used in other sitcoms before. This, oh, yeah. This it's like trope. a trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Carnies, man, they get a bad rap. Yeah. So we go to Grissom, Nick, and Warwick with <laughs> Doc Robbins. We learn that it's not a cat who attacked their victim. The teeth marks, well, this is twofold. One, there were no claw, claw marks. And Doc Robbins is trying to say that, like, if a cat attacks, they always use their claws, which that might be a stretch to see, like, they always use their claws. Like, I would say maybe they predominantly use their claws. But regardless, I've had cats just bite me before. Mm-hmm. And but he says it's not a cat. And in fact, the teeth marks look canine. So they should be looking for uh, an animal of the canine variety, not the feline variety. We then have Catherine and Sarah arriving at the carnival. Catherine gets very upset when they try to use, to reuse a body bag for the victim. And she demands that they use a new bag for the girl. This is kind of our first, well, probably our second introduction because she was already showing some emotion with Grissom of how vested, like how emotionally involved she is in this yep. case. And I'm not saying this is a judgment. I'm just saying this is like this comes up several times in the episode. Sarah goes off to talk to the mom of the victim and who is presumably we do learn later this is her fiance, but who we presume is her partner is there with her. And 
we see a reenactment from the mother's per- point of view of the daughter like falling into the water, her trying to like grab after her and not being able to find her and then sc- and screaming on the ride. We then pop back over to Nick and Warwick. They are back at their crime scene, collecting poop, collecting scat. Yep. Because, you know, this is an animal case. And as someone who ran an animal rescue for a long time and who currently has eight animals in my house, animals mean poop. You don't you can't really separate true. animal care from poop. It just <laughs> sadly, they are they are very intertwined. <laughs> I have unfortunately had animal poop on my hands today. <laughs> I have not have. No, I have to think. No. No, I have. Yes, no, I have. You currently have the problem when you walk yep. the dog. It's sort of a blessing, a curse when they poop on the fallen leaves and you're trying to pick it up in the doggy oh, bag. I just, I just grab the leaves with the, yeah. I don't care. I'm like, it's all coming in. I there. have a really much larger dog. That is, it that covers is a lot more leaves and, is, it, and, okay. and also fair. Also it's fair. hard to like get the bag tied also so you can fair. stop it from smelling for the rest yeah. of the walk. And yeah. so it's kind of like what, like 50, 60 pounds? 80. Holy crud. She's a chonker. Oh my goodness. She's like a lot of muscle too. Because she's not tall. Like she's no, not short she's, short, but she's, she's not like a tall She's kind of stubby because like our other dog is 85 pounds, but he but is taller. like inches on her. And I was going to say, Gooba is way taller. And he's got a huge head. He does have a yeah. giant head. But yeah, Lola is just, she's short and stocky. She's just really like wide body. Like her, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah. So as reference, like my all dogs... of her clothes don't fit because shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. It's too tight. Oh, I can't even imagine. I, I have to, I have to buy large for Xena who's 17 pounds for certain like sweaters. I have to buy them in size large. Quote, I have unquote, a good, and she's 17 pounds. Maybe I, uh, maybe I'll send you home. We got in our bark box, a, a sweater that has the max from Grinch, the dog from Grinch horn on it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a hoodie yeah, yeah. thing for a dog. It is, a large, but it you can't even begin to get it around their shoulders. It it might be easy in size. I'll take a look says, at it. It says thirty to sixty five pounds, which should be too small. I was like, that might be too baggy for for Zena, yeah, but maybe Zena. maybe she can kind of fill it out. It won't be dragging on the floor, and it'll look cute for a photo. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. we don't have a use for it. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah. So for for reference, my dogs are my biggest dog is Zena, who is seventeen pounds, and then I have Scully, who's ten pounds, and then I have Gabby, who's seven pounds. So even all together, my dogs are less than Nick's dog. I think all your animals together. Probably all my animals together. That's right. My other animals are three cats and then two mice. The mice definitely like. Don't yeah. contribute weight wise, really, to the. And actually, at the moment, Annika you're averaging is like 10, Annika... t- 10 to 15 pounds an animal at most. Yeah. And at the moment, Annika is literally sitting on top of the mouse cage, staring down at them. Breakfast. She She's way. I don't know. I mean, I, I would never like let her see if she would attack them. You know, like I'm never going to like test this theory, but she seems just more interested in like watching them. Like she doesn't try to like bat at the cage or anything. Yeah, she good. just like watches them. And they seem like not phased by her, which is very strange. So, sorry, guys. Tangent. And so we... Uh, I have uh, a, I have quite a bit to say. So we had the dog oh, yeah, poop and then... Yes, yes. Nick, they're looking at the scat. They, then Warwick finds something else. The dirty ice. The dirty ice, yeah. Quote, unquote, dirty ice. So I have a prediction here. Okay. And there's something else I have in my notes from earlier. So when they we, they were with the, uh, the morgue guy, the... Why can't I remember his name? Coroner. Right or who does Doc the Robbins? Autopsy? Yeah, Doc Robbins. Yeah, yeah. They also talked about the scalpel thing again. Finally, at the end, the tail end of that scene. Yes, he mentions that they 
there were scandal yeah, marks. The, yeah, as well. and so, so and they, I think they yeah. show it or something. And so I went, and so I wrote my notes like dog slash wolf attack, and then a human removed the organs like after, like obviously yeah, the dog yeah, yeah. still attacked them. And so, and then when he found the dirty ice, I said, oh, there's going to be a leftover piece of ice for organs. I didn't yeah, quite yeah, get yeah. exactly the other piece of this dirty ice. I was, I was kind of like, wait, but how is there still ice? But then I came back to that whole, like, we don't have any idea how long ago this guy was killed. No, like Nick just assumes it's dusk, but. Yeah. Or what the weather is like in Las Vegas at this time. Yeah. And I, I wonder if they cut out a scene with someone estimating time of death. Like, I wonder if that got cut out where they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. he passed away. You know, because sometimes they'll come on scene and then like take their liver temp and be like, yeah, I think they passed away like six hours ago. So I wonder if that scene got cut. And so Nick's line would have made more sense. Yeah. So this but... is the first part of a series of smaller predictions that are close. They're not quite a hundred percent. Spoiler okay. alert. We find Spoiler. out the ice is dry ice. I have yes. some science facts with Nick on that later. And I will also say it takes a while for us to learn that. Like it, it takes a while to come back to the dirty oh, ice. Yeah. Like it's, oh, yeah, it's way later in the episode that they come back to like what yeah. quote unquote, what the dirty ice is. Yeah, They've started this pattern where they introduce a piece of evidence in sort of the second round, that just kind of gets stashed away for them to revisit like late in the episode. And then they typically introduce a character who I've now become super suspect of any uh, character where you really get to meet them like 30 minutes into the episode. Yeah. They're they're like the killer 50% of the time. Yeah. Cause you're like, that's just how this works. (laughs) We return to the carnival and we also have our spot. The guest star for this episode. The ride operator is a one Lee Ehrenberg who I primarily know, Nick and I were talking about this before the episode, he said this in a joking fashion, and I said, no, that's actually primarily where I know him from. I primarily know him from Once Upon a Time. He was grumpy. He was one of the seven dwarves. He is also, I'd say, probably his most notable other... Like, more broadly famous. More broadly famous roles would be as, like, one of the pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And if you've familiar with the Pirates of the Caribbean, there's sort of like the R2-D2 C-3PO style comedy yes. duo characters. He's one skinny he is guy the, with the missing is, eye yep. and the shorter bald guy. And he's he the is the shorter bald, bald guy. So this is Lee Ehrenberg. He is the ride operator for this ride. He's saying like we don't have any issues with this ride. This ride runs fine. He's saying that, you know, he heard the mom scream. He, he immediately stopped the ride and, like, went to go investigate. We learn that he does keep the seatbelts loose on purpose on the ride, though, because this is a ride that people like to, you know, Lover's Temple? Up. Is that what it's called, I think? Yeah. Lover's Tunnel? Tun- Lover's... Lover's Tunnel, yeah. Yeah, Lover's something tunnel, yeah. something like that. So I, I, I want to make one final comment on our spot, the guest star. It's very anachronistic, but I love that the guy from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which is based off a water-based ride, is the ride uh, amusement operator park ride operator. Water is ride. A water-based <laughs> amusement park uh, ride. So I just thought that was great. This is true. And uh, I have to give credit because uh, Lauren was like, oh, I have a spot, the guest star. And I had not spotted a guest star, but in the second walkthrough, it just gave me that extra pause and pause. I went, Oh wait, no, that's the dude for Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that's what, that must be the guy. Because I was like, who is she talking about? I don't know any one of these people. Yep, Lee, Lee Ehrenberg. So Catherine enters the ride. 
she notices some like damage to the track and then she also finds a hammer like in the water like she sees like the end of the handle sticking out and then pulls out pulls it out and ends up finding yep. a hammer so she confronts a carney we don't i say carney because like we don't have his name at this point i'm not saying this in a derogatory manner i'm just saying this because we don't er- i have earlier, no other identifying earlier I used marks. the word carney and i immediately went is that a safe word to use probably not i don't know i feel like it isn't i don't know Pro- as as someone who has not worked at a carnival it's probably not cool carnival <laughs> worker i'm not yeah. sure so an employee an employee Accuses him of tampering with the evidence. She lies to him and says that in Nevada, they have mandatory drug testing and forces him to take a drug test. But that's not true. There's not mandatory drug testing. So again, would this hold up in court? Had this sample been actually like a true sample? Probably not because she lied to get it. This might be like some of, I have like a lot of notes from this, this section. So first, that first carnival worker, not the owner who who takes the P test, but the other guy. Yeah. yeah. He really takes it on the chin. Like you feel you, he's having that conversation. He has like real guilt, I feel like. Yeah, and he seems like really upset about what happens. Yeah, yeah. But there's another thing. This is I I it's been a while since we've had one of these. But there might be a product placement here. She, oh. They okay. have been using the same cameras this whole series. And there's this like digital camera she pulls out to take a picture of the hammer or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. inside and they kind of like the way it's framed i didn't look it up but i but i wrote down at the time i said i bet you that camera was cutting edge at this time oh, and, I, sure and, I, and i wrote is this a product placement question mark so i was and i kind of forgot to double check it but so potential product placement they didn't say the name but you could read the name on the front side mm-hmm. and they didn't mm-hmm. really spend that long on it yeah yeah so I'm not a hundred percent certain, and it doesn't come up again. I kept waiting to see like if she used it many times throughout yeah, the episode. Yeah, yeah. She only took that like one photo, but also that hammer thing was really kind of like there and gone. Yeah. So it could have been an add-in at the end. Yeah. I'd be like, true. oh, we got a camera response. Okay, we'll make her find a hammer in the water, and then we'll say the guy fixed her. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've had a product placement, and I thought that might be one. So I wanted to toss that one out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of on the kind of on the fringe. It wasn't as obvious as some of the, yeah, <laughs> some of the early on ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and then I just have to say that the whole game of chicken with peeing in the cup, where oh, yeah, she's yeah. like pee right now, the guy starts to go like he's gonna pee right in front of her, and she yeah, that was weird. she doesn't flinch, right? Yeah, she's like yeah, whip it out and make and it happen. Like, I love that scene for Kat. That's a great cat because she has that sort of like you can't embarrass her. Yeah, yeah, she's seen worse. <laughs> Whatever a, you got going on, she's a tough, she's a tough woman in and the so, best of ways. Yeah, I was like, it's 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 so gay, it's so great. We head on over to Grissom in his office. Greg Sanders enters. We learn that the dog who bit the jogger only has 41 teeth he does not have a full set of doggo teeth we also grissom kind of schools greg sanders that paw prints do not equal fingerprints which greg sanders understands but he does say that the size of the paw print can indicate the size of the dog and this dog was at least 100 pounds and then this is another one of those lines in this episode where i was like did they reshoot this did they like were it was very stumbly. So Grissom says from the like bite mold, the teeth mold. Yep. That the dog is a great Dane Mastiff mix. He says yeah. this very definitively. I, He's I like, it's a down. great Dane. 
it's a Great Dane Mastiff mix. And then like 10 seconds later, he reads the actual results, which say it's either a Great Dane or a Great Dane mix. And nothing about being a Mastiff. No. So I was like, how do you know that this is a Great Dane Mastiff mix? Nothing in the results say that. (laughs) I wrote down after the first time he said, after you said the first part, I said, I wrote down, word for word, I'll read it. There is a 0% chance that a tooth impression, and I thought they were talking about a single tooth at yeah, first. Yeah, they meant a whole jaw. But, but we'll give you a mixed breed dog match. No, like, no way. Once you start mixing the DNA, yeah. there there's so much variability. And also like a lot of times people think, oh, this dog is 50 this, 50 that. And then they do their DNA tests in our yeah, modern it's 12% day. This, and it's 40% like, yeah, it's like 40, 38, 12. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, how do they even get to that? Those numbers? How do they even get those combinations? And it's like, there's just so many things that could affect it. And then they did the thing. Okay. It's square, square. They said something like it's a square thing. It's indicative of a Dane or Dane mix. And I was like, well, where did the Mastiff come from? That's right? what I, so, I, yeah. I had the exact same thought. I was like, yeah. how do you know that this is? A... And then when they show you the dog, it's a great Dane. but we'll get is that the only scene Sanders is in. The whole episode? No. Okay. He's in one other one. Uh, Or at least one other one. I have him in my notes for at least one other one. We then go to Nick and Warwick. They're investigating the scat. There is no human tissue found in it. So it's like premium dog kibble, but not not human tissue. And Grissom enters. They have a bit of a conversation. And then O'Reilly pops in and says that he thinks he found like a possible dog match. There's an aggressive Great Dane mix that ripped the testicle off was, a meter reader <laughs> and maybe we should go talk to that owner yeah, about I that about, dog. I was thinking about like how they did this, right? So they obviously very common these days to have to register your animal. Yes. Right. And so, okay, there's so many dogs registered. There's and you want to register if there's, if there's a bite incident, you do. Have, like, yeah. Yeah. Certainly in that case they, they would, but I was like, oh yeah. So they probably first looked to see, okay, do any of these, are there any police reports for these dogs? They find one, they follow up with that one first. Yeah, yeah. So that explains why they move so quickly. And it sounded like they talked to the neighbors too. Yeah, and, I think but, they might have done some. Which I think is just good police work, which yeah. I think you don't get a lot of O'Reilly. So it's good when they show like he's doing, like, yeah, he's, he's get this feeling that, like, well, they're working the evidence. He's out there, like, canvassing the and talking. Yeah, yeah, doing the beat work. So O'Reilly joins us. He can, continues on with us in this episode. O'Reilly and Grissom arrive at a house. It belongs to Susan Hillridge. The dog who we see ends up jumping on Grissom. We learned that the dog's name is Simba. And Dr. Hillridge is trying to claim that her aggressive dog was actually her old dog, Dickie, but she had to put him down because he was aggressive. Simba's not aggressive. He just like gets loose and wanders the neighborhood and attacks like trash cans and such. But Simba is missing a tooth, Grissom notices. So... Score score one against lovely Simba because Simba looks like a beautiful dog. And obviously this is like a well-trained acting dog. And so it's super adorable and like jumping up playfully on Grissom yeah. and being super cute. Also, definitely not a massive mix. That dog is definitely pure Great Dane. It's a Great Dane. Yeah. It's a Great Dane. And we learn that Susan Hildridge is a doctor of nutrition. So we do, because yes. they, they, they'd already dropped hints about, we think the murderer is a doctor because they had like the surgical skill to remove these, yeah. these organs. So we learned that she is a doctor. She's a doctor of nutrition. They don't clarify what doctor of nutrition means. I no, mean, they do There are definitely not. doctors who specialize in nutrition and things around nutrition. But I also thought like, like it'd be really funny if you find out that she just has like a PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nutrition? Yeah, you can be a doctor not, and not, not have like surgical a skill. 
Yeah. Or a Dio. Yeah. For those Dio's out there. Yeah. So Nick had just asked if we had another scene with Greg Sanders. We do. Cause now we go to Catherine with Greg Sanders waiting oh, for the I, talks, the talks results. Is it, do they continue with the doctor and Grissom in the house? Does that come back? That's around? later. We come back uh, around to that. Okay. Cause I, yeah. I, I do have a prediction at that point that I made while she was making the shake. That, okay. That comes back around. Sorry. We'll be there. We'll be there in a little bit. So Catherine's with Greg Sanders waiting on the talks results. And we learned that the, the result came back clean. Oh, for yes. somebody on the pill. So we so, learned that he used somebody else's urine to pass the drug test because he is probably not on an estrogen based pill. I, I, what I like about the scene is like, it's like an escalation of the prior scene that I liked because, because she made it up. There's no penalty for him. No. Giving no. the wrong pee. No, because you, you got it under false pretenses. So yeah, yeah. there's nothing you can really do about he, it. Yeah. He was, he, he did not have a court order to provide no. his own pee. He was under no legal uh, reason to do that so no, he no. just got hoodwinked yep sarah arrives we learn that pickens this individual is a registered sex offender so that transitions us to jim brass Catherine, sarah with pickens in the interrogation room okay. and he has one of the grossest lines i think uh, we have heard on csi to date and i i will give the actor credit that he delivered this line very well for the character but it also, he did it so well that he made me feel icky. <laughs> like, I literally was like, it was like, this is so gross. So he's going on like, oh, she was 16 and a half, blah, blah, blah. And then we was like, you know, well, well, from the neck down, she was all grown up. And then she goes, she has a brass, he goes a brass, like, know what I mean? Or yeah. Something. And he's like, and I have a teenage like, daughter. I have a teenage daughter. No, I don't know what you no. mean. But like, I also I've, feel like Jim Brass. I've met that guy. A hundred times in my life. Yeah, the like, don't you agree with me? And like, I'm the Jim Brass guy. People yeah, are like, like, do you know no. what I mean? I was like, no, dude. No, like, what are you talking about? This is gross. Uh, this is disgusting. So good on you, Jim Brass. Good on men for calling out other men for their gross, gross pretty, behavior. Uh, pretty avant garde for 2000, I think. Yeah, thank you, Jim Brass, for being like, no, that's disgusting. I have a teenage daughter, and I would never think that. So we see a reenactment from Pickens' point of view. Where he's on the midway, he's like in between rides, you know, because he's like, he manages the entire thing. And he hears a woman yelling from the, you know, coming out of the ride, he goes to the ride. And they talk to him a little bit longer. And then afterwards, Catherine and Sarah have a walk and talk. And this is when Sarah brings up, you know, is Catherine thinking the way she's currently thinking because she's a mother? Like, is that affecting how she is seeing this case yeah. and how she's like pursuing this Pickens? Person. And Catherine's trying to say no, but we are led to believe that, yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely part of this. This is leading her in a certain direction because she's a mother and I, know, she wants justice for this, this six-year-old girl. I would have loved to have seen Sarah contribute more directly to, like, the evidence in terms yes. of, like, an alternative this episode. Yes. She, because she, she keeps she, bringing up like could there be an alternative but she's not to, to your point she's not bringing no up evidence to it. point to another yeah she's know. she's really there as like a supporting role to play off because this is really like Catherine's show like, yes. it's like story oh sarah like, is very much a background yeah. actor in this in this episode like yeah. she's she's there as foil to Catherine. Catherine is really the main player here a hundred percent we go to Grissom with Nick. We learn that Simba's mold is a match to the bite. So Simba is the one who bit the jogger. 
Warwick then meets them in the hallway. And this is where we learn that the dirty ice is dry ice, which leads Warwick to believe that possibly the organs were packed. Like the dry ice yeah. was used to pack the organs and then transport transport the organs. So, so I have a couple, couple fun science facts here. I like that, but also I, if I was a consultant on the, the uh, show, I would have mm-hmm. suggested they do a couple things differently. Okay. So, so f- first, I mean, like I, the first thing is nitpicky and, they kind of have to do it that way for the for the deception part of it, which is that I don't think if you were an intelligent doctor, you would just have like loose chunks of dry ice. They'd be wrapped because to touch it with your hands is very dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. And work, I think, actually touches it <laughs> when he puts it in the container. He like moves it around a little. I, I, I clocked that in the second walkthrough. Okay. Walkthrough. All right. Yeah, I didn't notice that. That is just like whatever. They used probably a piece of plastic. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. to stand for the dry ice. Yeah. The thing, the science thing that actually matters is anyone out there, there's three phases in of, of matter that we tend to deal with mm-hmm, mostly mm-hmm. on the planet yeah. Earth. Uh, there are other phases that you don't interact with as much liquid, solid, and gas. Yeah. Well, we go from a solid usually to a liquid and then to a gas. Dry ice will go from a solid directly to a gas. And it does that because the pressure required to st- is is so low compared to the pressure required to make it. It's this thing called sublimating. But here's the thing: a piece of dry ice that big, I did the math. It it would expand to over. It's actually smaller than I thought it would be. Okay. But it would expand in size to over five liters. So like, oh, wow. more than a okay. gallon jug yeah, yeah. of milk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that little container. If it was going to be waterproof, it would probably be airproof. Yeah. And it wouldn't be able to contain it. It would probably bust or distort, and then the seal would fail. Yeah. It would come out. And that is just such a small, nitpicky science thing. But I thought it would be really funny if they showed up and said, in work, was like, remember that piece of ice? Yeah. It blew up the container. Yeah. Like, here's the container now. And then you'd have like a cheeky moment where Grayson went, went, oh. It turned directly into a gas or something, right? Yeah, and Nick would be like, "What are you talking about?" And work would be like, "Had to be dry ice." Had to be dry ice. You know, it's like it's like they they would gladly have written that scene if they had thought of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, but I was like, it just shows up. It didn't melt. It 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 evaporated. I was like, okay. When I've had things in my like blow up on me in my life because because right, right, right. gas is evaporated. Yeah. And, yeah. I was like, so that was my uh, science correction of the of this episode. All right. Okay, I like it. We go to Nick Warwick and Grissom searching the doctor's home. Nick finds poop in the backyard. Poop just keeps coming up again. If you have pets, it just that is poop unavoidable. poop really weird in the backyard. I think they did that on purpose weird. because yeah, they was, later was, tell us it had human blood in yeah, it. Yeah, we learn learned but, it. Yeah, we learn a little a few scenes later that it has human like, tissue. Why is in it, it pink? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit strange. We this is then the scene you were asking about with Grissom in the kitchen with the doctor. This is yeah. when she's preparing the shake. She's talking about like how we should be treating bodies like a temple and yada yada yada, and how yeah. you know Actually, Grissom is like low in folic acid and blah blah blah. This is this is that scene. Based on my notes, I guess I mirrored this down when they first introduced her because I think they asked her if she works with athletes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wrote down. Because it's kind of like the dry ice note is actually after that. So, but I wrote down that she must, I was like, I bet she takes the organs for superfood to give to her athlete clients, which is not correct. 
It's not correct, but it's but it is, it is along the right vein. It is on the right. It's you know we're, we're starting to beep in the right direction. But I just saw like the health nut, like I like over the top nutritionism and like oh I bet she's like you know trying to get the benefits. They actually went a, I would say a very different direction. Yes, because yeah they really she didn't have to be a nutritionist for her to do all these other things this is uh, for why she needed it but it was a good and i like that i like that it's like oh made me think oh maybe it's like okay yeah i think we all figured out that she's going to be the bad guy there's no one else yeah it wasn't we, just a but random we don't dog. learn why she's the bad guy her motivation behind being yeah. the bad guy until they give us a red later. herring or two i really like yeah, that that's 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 where I say like these types of episodes are very well written. Yeah. So I really like that. And it got me close. It got me to thinking along the right lines. Didn't quite get me there. And I think that's what makes an episode really good. Yeah. Yeah. We close out the scene with Warwick showing Grissom like a surgery kit that he found. So they're going to run some tests on this, you know, this kind of antique surgery kit to see if it possibly could have been used to extract some organs from some joggers. We return to Catherine and Sarah there with Doc Robbins. We learn that the girl's cause of death is drowning. But we also learn, or we're also discussing, that the victim was three feet tall. But the water was only like a foot and a half tall. So basically there's like, unless she, something was going on, there's no reason she should have drowned. She should have been able to stand up and like be fine. They would have known if she hit her head, for instance. Yeah. Yes. There was no other injuries. on. The only injury she had on her was a fractured forearm, a spiral fraction, which they deduce is from someone like pulling her arm behind, like wrapping her arm behind her. And before they leave, Catherine tells Doc Robbins that she wants to make sure that this death is classified as a homicide. Because he's saying like, oh, I might put, put it down as accidental or unknown. And she's like, you mark this as a homicide. I know it's a homicide. As Catherine's leaving the morgue, she runs into the mother. The mother's just kind of like, oh, do you know what happened at the carnival? And I'm saying this in a weird voice because she yes. speaks in a very strange voice. And Catherine is kind of saying like, you know, did you notice if someone, you know, could someone have pulled your daughter out of the car? Did you notice that? And the mother saying like, no, I just thought it was an accident. You know, ac- you know, you hear about all these bad things happening at carnivals all the time. You don't think it's going to happen to you, but then it does. We then go, this is I'm like very, a bit of an odd I'm very, scene. Okay. I'm very disappointed with myself for this scene. Oh, this didn't I, like raise enough red flags for no, you? No, it did. I literally wrote down, is mom in on this? This scene is so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. But it's when so I, weird. But when I make a prediction, I put a P in a big circle. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I can follow them and track them. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's usually my my sign to myself that, like, this thought process that I'm having, I, okay, I'm go, I'm doubling down on it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm saying this is my prediction. I'll, I'll say it out loud. Yeah. But this one, I was just like, I don't know. And so- I didn't commit to it, but when I watched it the second time, it was still so weird that I went, why, why did you not commit to the bit? Yeah. yeah like yeah, why, yeah. I should have had that. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's, everything's perfect in hindsight, but yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, I was so close, but I cannot give myself credit for a prediction okay. because I wrote it down and then I was like, nah. no, I don't know if that's true. It seems a little, seems a little far fetched. are doing all this good mom, Catherine stuff. I didn't think they'd yeah, be yeah. juxtaposed posing it with crazy mom also we already had one psychopath Lee. plot line yeah, i didn't yeah, think yeah. we were gonna have a second psychopath plot line they're like let's just throw all the psychopaths where we're like in. pretending to be normal yeah so we we have our first throwback in this episode where we have grissom at a funeral home run by the guy who 
Sarah exposed for like reusing coffins. And Grissom for some Spoiler reason alert, is by asking the way, calling it the first throwback scene of the episode. There's another one coming up later. Because I had to I had to look at IMDB because I was like, wait, is that the is, is that, that the is that the uh, uh? I think it is. It's it's it been is. a while. It is. And for some reason Grissom is going to him about organ theft. Like I don't this is a very weird scene. Like, He's probably the very... nephew of someone. No, okay. I don't know. And basically, this funeral director knows all about prices. All about prices for, for organs and what the stakes of organ theft would be. But like, you know, he only knows this like third or fourth hand, not directly. We then learn that, <laughs> that the scat found by the jogger and the scat in the backyard match so they're both simba scat and we also learned that the backyard sample does have human tissue in it so simba ate some peoples or at least a person ate some jogger and a very specific person yeah the jogger. they, they, yeah, they the confirm that it's the yeah. it's the joggers human tissue and then we also Which learn I, I just love the premise at this point it's like all right we know this woman's dog ate this person she didn't say the dog got out yesterday like when we came by well she did a whole like oh not again blah 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 yeah, like yeah. kind of acting like maybe he did and yeah but like it's like it's like okay we definitely know that she's the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah again this is not this like, storyline is not so much did she do it it's it's more of a question of why she did it i and call other, this like details yeah, yeah. around the death I, I call this out because they're like we can't arrest her right now yeah we yeah. don't have enough to go on yeah I want to juxtaposition this with the final scene of the other storyline where okay. I do not believe they had anything to, to hold yeah, yeah, yeah. psychopath number two on. Yeah. Yeah. So they also test the surgical tools and they do find blood on them. Like it comes back like positive for blood, which uh, comes back in a scene very soon. But before that, Catherine confronts Pickens at the carnival and is basically telling him he's not leaving and he's kind of starting to threaten her. Jim Brass arrives and is saying like, oh, he started the party without me. Like, maybe you should wait for police reinforcement. But we learn our CSIs don't care and they'll just put themselves in bodily, in ways of bodily yeah. harm with like no concern for their own personal safety. Let's be honest. Our CSIs are 50% police officers. Yeah. And they treat themselves like that, including by basically making themselves in charge of every murder that ever happens or not every murder, every death. Yeah. yeah. That ever happens in the Las Vegas area and yeah. basically boss around all the police officers. Yes. Yeah. All day long. I, yeah. I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I, I was like, do you need three senior CSI people to work a dog attack crime scene? Yeah. <laughs> like, is there that. really nothing else going on in Las Vegas? Tonight? Evidently not. Evidently it's a low, it's a low crime day, but that's how you know it's a main storyline. Yeah, three people exactly. You have three people on it. Speaking of three people, we have Nick and Warwick in Grissom's office. We learned that the blood on the surgical tools is 50 to 200 years old. So that is not going to be the smoking I gun wanna... that Nick and Warwick thought it was going to be because it's probably blood from when the tools were actually used. It's I want to know how they know blood. that. That seems They like said something not... about dating it or aging it, but I don't think they went into like specifics about how they actually did okay, it. I want to know how they knew that. With <laughs> This is the CSI time travel effect? Yes, this is the CSI right. time it's, travel. It's like, yeah, how did they know this in 10 minutes? Yeah. Plus, I'm sure uh, Sanders is still backlogged from all those deputy DNA tests that he was swamped with last episode. Yes, last episode, yeah. <laughs> Work, or I mean, when Kristen threw the cart across the room. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a few episodes a ago. But yeah, yeah. We also then learned that Grissom has a visitor. So 
The doctor arrives. She brings folic acid for Grissom. We are seeing the workers bringing in the items from her house. So she's saying like, hey, I'm here because, you know, my house is chaos and you're having them take everything from like my kitchen and my office and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Grissom starts to infer maybe she's selling these organs. Like maybe she's harvesting these organs and selling them. And this is when she tells Grissom that she's disappointed in him and that she thinks that he is like... That she thought he was smarter than that. So she's basically telling him. I did it. You haven't I figured out why. I did it. But you're, you, you're not getting the why. Why are you not smart enough to, to get the why of why I did this? You get that I did it. But like you're, you're going down the wrong path of why I did it. So we then see Warwick spraying down items from her kitchen to test for blood. Right? Like doing with luminol or something similar. And when they flick on the lights, we see that there is blood in her blender, that her blender is all like blue, blued yep. up, showing that there was blood in there. And then I think they also show it in like a glass. So like yep. the blender and then the glass that she's drinking from. So we veer away from this storyline for a one, bit. We go to, oh, go ahead. One thing I think is interesting, that they, they insinuate that there are still boxes of more things yes. that they have to test, but they do yes. stop testing immediately. Yeah, we got it. Done <laughs> we got a blunder and one cup. Case clocks. Who knows if the knives are still going to be in yeah, there. Yeah, who cares? We don't bowls, need it. anything we don't else. Need Tupperware. Yeah, yeah. We, we head on over Catherine and Sarah back at the carnival and they're running some tests to determine how the girl could have been pulled from the carriage. Like, but like, so Catherine gets in the ride, they strap in the dummy next to her. We see a few attempts of like people coming from different directions to pull the girl out. None of them are able to pull the dummy out. They, they realize that the belt while it was loose was not loose enough to be able to yank her out, which leads both Catherine and Sarah to immediately say, well, the only person who could have done this then is the mother. And then I didn't look this up because again, of course I watched this episode right before we recorded, but Catherine's like, Oh, I should have known her eyes were pointing in the wrong direction when she was like telling, recalling this story for me, which means that she was fabricating it, not recalling a memory. So I can make a comment on this. So the first thing uh, unrelated to that though, I do, I do want to say that I do believe that Catherine owes grumpy an apology. Yeah. Grumpy was totally innocent. The seatbelts were not loose enough for a child to be stolen. It was enough for people to like cuddle and, and, you know, maybe get some handsy feely time on the ride, but not enough for a kid to get yanked from it. So the eye thing I can attest to as being a real thing that they used to teach people because my dad in was in sales and he went to things and he would tell us like, this is the kind of techniques they would teach you at sales conferences. When people yeah, yeah, look yeah. like up to the left that they're lying when they look like in this direction that they're trying to like think of something. And so they use all these sort of body language techniques. Yeah. yeah now yeah. I happen to know that a lot of that stuff is like pseudoscience. It doesn't always hold yeah, up hold very up. well. Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure how like admissible in court those things would be today, but I think at that time it was pretty widely yeah, believed to be like an indicator. Like it's not it's not proof, but it's like it corroborates additional evidence. So yeah, I actually wrote down in my notes old sales technique, but I think this has been proven to not really be true. Yeah, I th- like, that's what I also feel like. This used to be like late late 
90s, early 2000s, this was very much just accepted to be true. But I think it has yeah. been shown to maybe not be quite as airtight yeah. as what we once believed no. it to be. And if you're in sales, like if it's right 35% of the time, it could be useful. Yeah, it could be useful. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, don't need it to be a hundred. You don't need it to be oh, a foolproof. Yeah. When you're putting message. people in jail, it's going to be a little bit more accurate for you yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to rest a case on. Yeah. Which, but it's important because there's not a lot of evidence against mom. No, there uh, isn't. As we'll much get, as we'll I get there pretty soon, <laughs> other than just being weird, like as much as I should have known that made her guilty. Yeah, and, you can't you in can't, a court of law that you just can't arrest people guilty. for being weird. Yeah, that's just not how our society. Yeah, mom works. could be on the spectrum. I don't know. I, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't arrest people for just being weird. There has to be yeah. more than just being weird as a the, basis. The other of thing that arrest. I like with that is I'm one of those people who often stare into space when I'm thinking. Like randomly, yeah, 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 yeah. And I do it when I talk to people all the time. It's it's something that I try to work on because I think it's a really disconnecting for the people that I'm talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it makes um, them feel like you're not paying attention to them. Yeah, which is not like necessarily the case, but like it's a lot easier with webcams now because I'm almost never looking at the person I'm talking to. I'm almost, no. always looking at their photo yeah. on a screen, which is yeah. not their eyes. No, I have I have a very hard time looking at people straight in the eyes when I'm talking to them. That feels yeah. very intense for me. Like it feels yeah. like confrontational. And I know that like it's not, but I I definitely struggle with that. So we then go to Grissom with O'Reilly. They are in the interrogation room with the doctor. Mr. Grissom, you're looking grim. I'm afraid I don't have a supplement for that. We found blood in your kitchen blender. The lab has matched it to the dead jogger. Had to happen eventually. Why? You're the scientist. I should have thought you'd figured that out. This is when we learn that she has uh, porphyria, also known as the madness of King George or the origin of the vampire. So this is where some people theorize the like myth of vampires came about. And we get this like, and again, I, I try to remember this was, this was aired in 2001. We get not the greatest CGI effect of what she would look like if she like did not drink did not like enjoy the organs of of joggers and other well-fit people it was okay i don't know i, I felt I, like it wasn't i gotta tell either. you i was ahead of a breast <laughs> for the time like putting yeah in that's time what i'm saying breast. i'm trying to remind myself for the time they did a very good job i'm I'm largely comparing it to animorphs yeah. by the way so oh gosh animorphs i would i was just listening to a podcast of this group of D people that i listen to that occasionally like will review like books and movies and they had talked about animorphs several times so they reviewed the first animorphs book and it was hilarious like hearing back i hope their podcast is called like appendix n or something it's called nad pod not another D podcast there's like a i i don't know if i get the letter right but there's like a famous appendix in like D book in one of the D books that was like for like additional information, go read these other stories, and it has like Lord of the Rings in it. Oh, okay, and things like okay. that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so sometimes people refer to the things that inspire them outside of gaming, like yes. inspire their gaming as like their appendix end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's being let out, basically. Like you know, again, we already like knew she was the killer. It was the why that we didn't know, and now we know the why. And then, but before she's let out, she's like, she says to Grissom without prompting. There's something else you want to know as well. Like how, 
how did I consume these organs? Not like morally, but aesthetically. Like how did I aesthetically? Great, great way to phase it. It was a it. very great way. And she leans in and is like, I dried them and turned them into powder. And so that's when Grissom realizes that like she drank them in her, her protein shakes, right? She used I, them to make protein powder. And he then that was the protein powder. I mean, we should already know with the blender that that's, that's what was up. Yeah. Well, and although protein powder shakes, that's so much more common today than 20 it probably years ago. Is, yeah, it's probably a lot more common Maybe it's easier it for us to make that jump, but. Because you could also imagine like a smoothie and having like liquid blood in it. It would be very different. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still be like irony taste to it that you yeah. wouldn't get with most protein powder. But, but she also has like a single tear. Yes. One single tear. And I think like she's like living in the moment right now. Like she enjoyed the cat and mouse game. Yes. Oh, immensely. This, even though she knew mm. she like she knew. I think she kind of knew she was caught. I think I mean, as soon as they showed up to her house, hallway. she knew to some when, degree. Yeah, when they took her dog. Well, I think yeah. she maybe thought she was going to get away with it. I think she probably knew when she showed up with the folic acid because they were going to yeah, get yeah. all her stuff. They were going to yeah, test yeah. it. They were yeah. they were going to be able to close the loop, and which is why she was a little flustered, I think, in that scene for somebody who is otherwise very unemotional in yeah. the episode. Yeah. But she's also focusing on this bond with Grissom, right? She's like, yeah, she's yeah. totally into him. Yeah, yeah. We then go back to our other storyline. Jim Brass, Catherine, and Sarah arrive at a house. We learn that they have a warrant for the mother's clothes the night of the daughter's death. This is when they go into her bedroom. They realize that the watch is waterlogged. So she tries to say, well, yeah, like I went in after my daughter. So that's like how I got waterlogged is because I went in after her. But they're saying, okay, but if you, if you in fact went in after your daughter, how is it that your shoes are dry? And then, and she's trying to say like, oh, it's been like two days or something. And then you know, next they, day. They, they, you know, they dried out in that time. Which again, this is Arizona. It's dry heat. Like if you left your shoes outside, there is yep. a chance that they could dry in that, that time period. So then they go a step further and they say, okay, great. Like, I guess we can't necessarily say that, say that about the shoes, but like the lining on the inside of them is blue. And so if they were wet, your white socks would be stained blue and your white socks are still like perfectly white so like you didn't get your feet yeah i this is where like if this were the middle of the episode they would bring the shoes back to this thing and put fake feet in them and socks and get them wet and show that they should have made the socks wet right yeah or the socks blue instead of just like assuming it yeah which is like which is why we don't have enough time we don't have enough time left in this episode to do that and because like she could have been standing off to the side like maybe she didn't have to leave the car they they weren't there they don't really know how in the water she was right right so she certainly has a lot of defenses but man that boyfriend i wrote down really bad lawyer number three for the show because he immediately like this is anything they're saying true like he immediately turns he immediately is like no wait why why did you let her answer the first question you're standing right there don't answer that question honey yeah don't say anything don't say anything they have a warrant. Let them like you didn't want them to be there earlier. Just take the clothes. Please leave. Right. Yeah. We're Get out of our anything. house. Yeah. We don't want you here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. We're not talking to you. If if you're you're if you're searching for evidence in our house and accusing us, don't talk to the police. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So he's really bad lawyer, but maybe he'll learn from this and better represent his future clients. This is true. Who might actually be innocent. Yeah. But. We see a tr- like the true. This is now when we get the true reenactment in which 
she drowns her daughter. So they're going in the ride. She shoves her head underneath the water, holds her underneath the water, and then, like, you know, lets her slip away. Breaks her arm somehow. I think it's, like, holding her down. Yeah. She, like, breaks her yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah, they don't really show that part. They don't really show, because, yeah. like, they're not, they don't, they're not going to want to show that, yeah. like, on TV, yeah. especially early 2000s. It's already surprised. I'm already kind of surprised at what they showed. Yeah, they, they showed, it was pretty intense as it was so and we basically learned that it's because the mother wanted to like start anew with her fiance and like have no responsibility allegedly Allegedly. you know it's not confirmed but that's that's what we're led to believe that's what Catherine believes and sarah is trying to be like hey i know this case has been rough on you and we weren't able to go get lunch so like do you want to go get dinner and like you know sarah being a really good friend and co-worker here trying to like Hey, maybe you need to like decompress after this yep. one. Like, because she was, was like a tough one for you. Like, let's. Yeah, she was you know. very vividly upset. In right. The, in and Catherine's like, no, no, I need to go home. And so we see Catherine walking up to a house, which I think we're supposed to believe is her own house, right? Like, oh, she must be going home to her yeah. daughter. Like, I was she trying to really, remember. She had this really that... difficult case, and she's she's home to her daughter. Did had we seen this house in that episode? We saw her house, and I don't think it is this house. But it's also like the last time we saw her house was like the second or third now, episode. I sure remember if we saw. And his we're now house. at episode twenty-one. So I feel we like did not she see his up, house. Okay, I thought I felt like maybe she showed up at his door at one point. Maybe she did. You could be right. Go back and check. But someone. So here's know, our second throwback of the episode: real estate. No engineer. Yes, I was going to say real estate, like investigator, which oh, is yeah, not yeah. the right city, term. city, city engineer, city engineer. Jerk, jerk extraordinaire answers the door in this like gross robe, like hairy chest on display. Like, oh, you got my call. And I was like, oh, gosh, if even if I like initially was like, yeah, I'm going to make this like happen. If sex that's what in the sh- city vibes. And maybe. I think it's around like, the same time. Maybe it and is. I was like, I was like, are they trying to like pull I'm, from that? I'm just saying if like some guy called me for a booty call. And I, we are to assume that this is like the first booty call. Like this is not like a well-established. I, I think this, well, let's be fair. I think this is a reverse booty call. I don't yeah, think no, he, he called, called her. her. No, he did. Because she said your call came just when I needed it. He called oh. her. And then she answered it. So he booty called her. I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. Because she showed up at his, his, his house. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he called her. And okay. fair, fair, fair. I'm just saying, if I show up at your house the first time and you answer your door in like a weird robe, like exposing your chest, I'd be like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Don't. I'm not really in the mood anymore. Bye bye. Yeah, Have a good night. I'm all. I'm all set. Like, I, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's true. That's probably half the reason why I didn't. Th- I thought it was the other way around. Yeah. He no, seemed he like her. it seemed like she woke him up, or yeah, he was just getting up in the morning. Because yeah, like, I don't know. End was, of her shift. Is again, the, this is another know. another weird scene in this episode, but. I do have a, a a one more comment. Oh yeah. A little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. When the 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 mom eventually goes goes that she's gonna need a new lawyer. Yes. And I really wanted the guy to go, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you murdered your daughter so we could run away and be me. Yeah. yeah. I don't like, want to make you. me. You're going to make me look like a monster? Like, I, I never said anything to you I'm, about, I'm like, like. I'm not I'm representing a... you anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> go talk to the police as much as you want. It's a good idea. Good idea. <laughs> I encourage this, not as your lawyer, but just as a somebody who's no uh, longer associated with you. Yeah, no, that was. <sighs> I was like, man, that would have been so funny. I don't know that, yeah, this show is written for comedy, but no, I would have no. died laughing. <laughs> oh, all right. So we, we've discussed it a little bit, but overall, Nick, what are your thoughts on this episode? I love this episode. Maybe it's getting a little bit of a 
a bump because we've been in kind of a rut, I feel like. Yeah, we have been in a bit of a rut. That is true. That but is true. This could be this could be in the top three even for episodes. Yeah. There's just a lot I liked about this episode. So if it's not in the top three, it's definitely in the top five. So we're twenty one. This is episode twenty one. So episode we're twenty one episodes in. So top five is only the top like quarter of episodes. So it's a yep. pretty broad category. So yeah, I mean even top three is not even the top ten percent. Yeah. Top three is top fifteen percent right now. So yeah. I it's possible. I without having had ranked them. I maybe uh, I start putting like a point value instead of a Vegas score yeah. or in addition to a Vegas score, start do give them like one to five star review. Yeah. Well, we can also, we can also consider this is something we can, we can pose on social media as well if we want to, but maybe, maybe yeah. at the end of season one, we can do like a special episode of like going back and kind of. Reading. Oh yeah. Like a recast season. Yeah. Recap. Like a recap and like kind of rating all the episodes. Yeah, Cause I still have my uh, notes and stuff. It'll be pretty easy to remember whether I liked an episode uh, i think we have to rank them on a one to five magnifying glasses oh okay right? okay because so, you yeah, always yeah. have to come up with like a fake star yeah, yeah. system yeah 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 i like it i like it but yeah this is probably i'm i'm glad so the episode before this one i told nick was a really good episode and then as i was watching it i was like i don't like this episode as much as i thought i remembered liking this episode and then before this episode i was like no i promise you the next episode is like actually like a really good episode and so i'm very excited to say that this episode held up and it's a really good episode and i like the sarah and Catherine pairing i like the the cat and mouse between the doctor and grissom i thought that that was a really interesting dynamic that we haven't really seen before i like i like i like the kind of new take on on the investigation wherein we always we almost always knew who did it we were more so trying to figure out why like the why of why or, they did or it. like the specifics too right like so yeah the like, specifics of it it's like even if you know who's like who the murderer is you how do yeah, you like, get to the point where you can prove your case? Yeah. Right. How do you yeah. get to the point where you like line up all of the evidence yeah. to, to retell the story? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like both, both storylines were strong, right? Like it wasn't one where like, oh man, this one storyline was great. And the other one was like, Ugh. like, I feel like these were both like had their merit. And I feel like both of these could have been a storylines if they were like paired with a different storyline in a different episode. I agree. I 100% think I think there is a lot more meat on the table for the Catherine storyline. Yeah, the, that they the, probably the, weren't able to get to because it was like line. the B storyline technically. Yeah, and it's it, and a lot of that comes back to Sarah's role. She could have had a much bigger role. You know, I I mentioned that Sarah, she got her supporting role. I also uh, had to send a screenshot to Lauren uh, earlier this week that when I looked on IMDb, that everyone's, it's like CSI investigator, Nick Stokes, CSI Warwick Brown, CSI investigator, Catherine, I forget what her last, and then it's like Sarah Seidel. Yeah. It doesn't say CSI. It doesn't say CSI in front of it. I was like, wow, I'm throwing so much shade here. So much shade. I was like, but guess uh, it. I guess there's like a weird legal thing with the screen actors guild and what you call things and what, what they were oh built like what role she was hired for yeah and yeah, then they yeah. liked her and they kept her on you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, and all that stuff there's so. a lot of weird i i went to um I, hopefully next season they start calling her csi yeah title. hopefully they do i i went to speaking of weird sag stuff i went to rhode island comic-con 
Mm-hmm. And I went to the Star Trek panel because for those saw, who don't know, I I'm, saw a complete, I'm a complete Star Trek nerd. Brent so Spiner. Brent Spiner was a lovely individual. And he told me a funny story about Lauren Bacall. But went to the Star Trek panel. And because the strike was still going on during Rhode Island Comic Con, all the questions you could not like reference their character names. You couldn't reference the name of shows. Like it was the most awkward oh, yeah. trying to phrase questions without using like, oh, hey, on next gen, like when this happens, so you'd have to be like, hey, from that show that like you are primarily known from, like, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 whatever question. And it was the weirdest panel I've ever been on. And not, you know, it wasn't their fault. Like they were just trying to operate under, you know, the the strike guidelines. And I fully support unions and i'm glad that it seems that they're they've you know reached some level of an agreement which will benefit them but it was a very weird panel but sorry off track off track again my friends but in the meantime next week we will be back with season one episode 22 evaluation day in the meantime you can find us on facebook at who are you colon SESM podcast you can also find us on twitter slash x threads and instagram at who are you csi pod you can also email us at who are you csi pod at gmail.com and if you know somebody who enjoys csi maybe feel free to tell them about our podcast word of mouth is really the the best way for us to grow our audience so if you know someone who might enjoy it you know feel free to let them know just and tell just tell someone about us yeah just tell someone about us so even if they don't like csi a, it's a line from another podcast i hear oh, is it? if you really want to help us just tell someone about us just tell someone about us yeah just you know just just let somebody else know and otherwise uh, we'll see you next week no spoilers <laughs>